podcast starts tomorrow psych starts right now goofiest i'm just making jokes at the top guys i'm rachel jarofsky i'm sitting here with the one the only cody wilkins that's me hello friends families and foes thank you all for tuning in rachel what a pleasure to be here back in the virtual studio today now in this moment or whenever they're listening to it how are you my friend I'm doing well. I can't believe our foes just keep tuning in, you know, without question. Yeah, they're hate listening. That's what they are. That's all right. I love you guys. I love you guys. I'm feeling good. I, um, I mean, the world is shit. The world is complete shit right now, which we don't want to date anything, but we don't have to. And that's right. That is the beauty of it is that talking about how shitty the world is doesn't date it because it's like, the cops are killing people today. They're going to be killing right. brown and black people in two weeks from yeah. now. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. we're good you there, know, I guess. That actually actually takes me directly into what I'm checking for, uh, mm. which is black comedies. Like, I'm trying to watch, like, really, all like comedy television and movies, comedy podcasts, I'm trying to laugh. I'm like, not at all trying like this is a well-trodden reality and idea and discussion probably on the internet at least on my timelines is like yo why are every time you go to amazon or hulu or netflix why did i start with amazon no one watches amazon prime regularly all of this when you go and you live watch the uplifting black voices channel it's always something really sad and dramatic and like downtrodden and you're like (laughs) ah if I wanted to watch this shit, I would just turn on the news at right. this point, you I know? You. And it, it 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 gets me a little down sometimes. And then I realize, like, yo, while the world is kind of uh, on fire, it is better for me than it's ever been for any of my ancestors, <laughs> which right. is which is fucked up. But I, it, it helps me keep a healthy perspective. Um, You're like, but perspective, yeah, perspective. It's, like it's tough out here. Yeah. And so consequently, I'm looking for, like, Things that make me laugh that don't have to necessarily be like uh, taking a big bite out of like a thoughtful comedy. Like I fuck around would watch Bad Trip, which I still haven't seen, which just looks like stupid fun. You know, like a prank show. I fuck around would watch Punked. Are there black people on Punked? Usually it's just Bow Wow getting punked. But you know what? I'd do it. Wow, it doesn't Bow matter wow to me. I was on Punked so much. Yeah, he was always getting got. <laughs> like, right, right. But yeah, I'm I'm looking for escapist comedy. That's what I'm checking for because I feel like that would be good for me right now. I feel that. I feel yeah. that. I was saying, and you know this, I've been checking for, <laughs> this bitch came here political apparently, but I've been <laughs> checking for like, delicate ways to say defund the police you know what i mean because i just feel like moderates and even liberals are like you know defund that just that rhetoric is just too harsh it's divisive rhetoric people Mm. who say divisive instead of divisive right like like (laughs) like shout out uh jr for finance instead of finance (laughs) 
Right. You know what I mean? So like, what do we, what can we say that will sort of just completely equal defund the police, but not be so hard on mm-hmm. the ears, you know, like I'm, I'm like, Hey, officer friendly fork over mm-hmm. those funds. You know what I mean? Right. Like okay, what? Cool, huh? <laughs> you I know, know you what got I mean? A couple. Come on now. Like, like let's go, let's reallocate Dude, anything with reallocate kind of just reallocate like the riches of the ruffians, you know what right. I'm saying? Reallocate ruffian riches. Ugh. Right. Like we're not going to shrink the budget. We're going to make it cute. But, uh, so that that's really where my brain's been at. Um, mm-hmm. White girl politic, and that's that Sarah Palin, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. I just like pray that people get the references when they come out of my mouth, and there's yeah. just no way of knowing. No, oh, and if they don't, that's what Google is for. Matter of fact, Bing it. You know Bing it, y'all. I do have some good news, which is that um, you know my dog is getting checked for in a real positive way from our dog trainer. Oh, true. What's to it? She's just been like really picking up the lessons, picking Mm. up the tricks of the trade. Like Mm. I feel here's the thing is like for a while, I really felt like my dog was making me the pariah of the building. I feel like, you know, being like when white gentrifier and then moving in with like a wily ass pit bull that like truly turns into a Stranger Things demagogue when she sees another <laughs> dog in the hallway. He was just like, take it up space, you know? Um, it, it was just like, like, and if he goes beyond that, it was it would be like seeing other dogs. And then, mm-hmm. or like just being in close quarters in the elevator with a neighbor, it's like she's immediately all up in they junk, you know? So it's right. just like, it feels good to know she's growing. Right. It feels good. It feels good to watch my child grow. So yeah. I, we'll take it. I, uh... Speaking of neighbors, actually, I don't think I'm directly being checked for by my neighbors. But indirectly, I feel like they're inviting me over to dinner because they keep cooking and cracking the door open in the hallway. Like if you're cooking (laughs) and you got to like air out your apartment, you toss open a window, you turn on the kitchen fan, maybe the microwave fan. But they just be cracking the door open with the chain on because they're safe and smart. Mm -hmm. Not that I will bust up in there. Right. Too definitely, although it is smelling sometimes like, yo, what's to it? You know what I'm saying? But they <laughs> right. they pop open the door and it's like, okay, whatever you're doing over there, you can't just keep doing and decide to keep to yourself when we stay in such close quarters. Sure, sure. That's illegal. Right. Um, so I feel like it's about time I accept this nonverbal invitation. Or at least acknowledge it by knocking on the door and be like, hey, y'all got up and knock on that. Just show up, like, show up just with a plate under some, can I borrow some of that right there? Can I borrow some of whatever was that? Can I borrow some of your dinner? Right. Let me hold that. Um, So that's what I'm trying to get after. Just pop in there like, fine, fine, I'm here. Hello. Now, we're going to talk about families. I got to take us to... To really a family that matters to us mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a family that is uh, important, talented, and, and really just invested in, in what they're trying to do. And that is all I can tell anyone about our guestesses. Our guestesses. But here's the thing. You don't have to wait for our guestesses mm-hmm. because it's April. And with April comes a little bit of trouble that everybody is kind of shoved down everybody's throat. And what are we about to do with that little bit of trouble, Cody? And we're gonna have to excuse it. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to excuse it with our favorite bit. 
to get it big. Gibbs of the week coming up next. Get 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 big. folks this week it's simple it's so not sexy it's tax season okay tax season you need to get your big no money mo problems that is not how notorious wanted it okay how is it that i make under 25k a year and somehow owe the government money in taxes the government should be paying me for staying in this country where one's right to thrive is not all inclusive. Okay, you're telling me I got to pay monthly for my shit health insurance that's rejected by every dentist in Kings County only to help cover the loss of Donald Trump's tax bank? Fuck you mean? Tax season with your real due diligence, neck ass, fucking pencil pushing, green visor wearing, calculator punching, nerd ass season. And what's worse is tax season literally just so happens to coincide with allergy season. So I have a stuffed up nose while I'm like adding and subtracting dividends. You know what I mean? Like, how is that such a perfect storm? And don't even get me started on the tax code. Fucking hoity-toity, exclusive. You don't get a seat at this table because you don't understand the rules. Literally, I had to give up my seat to my accountant And I just have to sort of peer over his shoulder while asking, can I or can I not claim toilet paper as a deduction? All right. So at the end of the day, please have Big Daddy Bezos cover my share of taxes because my broke ass cannot be bothered. And Amazon could single handedly fund all of our nation's social security system. Cody, let him know. Look. This is the sort of thing I have to talk about slowly because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tax season. Get your big. Can I have some? But only if you have <laughs> none begging ass. Get your big. Deliver me from debt looking ass. How about you deliver me an Amazon package with a note in it that says Amazon will actually pay income taxes. Mm, mm-hmm. Get your big Nike swoosh. Just do it. Don't charge them. Run it up on the back. Tax at the footlocker face ass. The fuck out of here. What is going on? Tax season. I really don't understand how April showers bring May flowers that I must rest on the grave of my checking account <laughs> because you refuse to tell me how much money I owe you but then promise me that if I don't come through with the IOU, then I will see you at my front door under the, hey, you, come here. You have just become a product. I need you to go to federal prison. I don't get it. Mm-mm. Tax season. There's only supposed to be four of them. Seasons, that is. Get your real one, two, three, four, plead the fifth on how much <laughs> I owe you ass the fuck up out of here, tax season. Nobody wants you. Nobody needs you. Actually, everyone needs you. But what we really need you to do is uh, tax the people who... Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got wire, We got money wires, horse-drawn carriages, cars, boats, and aeroplanes and trains for you to go offshore to them bank accounts and go grab the bread that is duly owed to my head to try and get me to go check the doctor and make sure everything's cool. Tax season. I'm going to need you to get your big money hungry, grubby, dirty, greasy fingers to fuck up out my pocket and put it in the pot that it belongs in. Otherwise, I'm moving to Canada. Got it. You know, they they have heard that threat before, but this time it might happen. It might have to. This time it might happen. You know what also is definitely about to happen is you're about to meet our guests. Mm. 
the family that matters. They're coming through right after this. today we got an iconic father-son duo okay tony and max fitzpatrick are creating art in various forms on the street of chicago let me break this down for you you might know tony fitzpatrick from his acclaimed multimedia collages printmaking painting and drawings as an actor he's graced countless chicago stages and was a series regular on the amazon show patriot he probably has more credits that was the one I looked up. And don't even get me started on young Max Fitzy Fitzpatrick, my lifelong homie. He's a filmmaker. He's an actor. He's a gallery director. My man does it all. You might have seen him on Chicago PD. I know I did. But most importantly, these two are the acclaimed hosts of the Tony and Max podcast, which gives you Real Life Chicago news from two Real Life Chicago dudes, Fitz Sr. and Fitz Jr. Thanks for coming on the program, guys. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. What a pleasure. I, as I told you in the pre-interview, I've never had a boring conversation with anyone named Jarevsky. Perfect. How is New York treating you guys? What's going on there? In New York? How's New York for you, Cody? New York, you know, I like to say these days that I reside in New York. I don't live here. I don't remember the last time I crossed the river. You know what I mean? I Manhattan, I don't go there. Brooklyn, I barely see it. New York looks a lot like the four walls in my apartment. So New York treat me just fine. Rent's a little high, weather's a little cold, but that's all turning around soon. So we're, we're fine over this way. New York's Same. Good. Same I, was there, I was there a couple of weeks ago to see my daughter who lives in Brooklyn now. And, right. you know, after I'd gotten my second vaccination, I, I just felt like it was time to uh, re-enter the world. It was time. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that one of the things we are most hungry for now uh, is culture. Uh, we, yeah. we, we require it. Um, I, I think that uh, art is something that uh, nurtures us, uh, you know, spiritually, soulfully, uh, intellectually. And uh, I went, I came to New York and I got to see some art. I got to, see some old friends, and I kind of felt like I'm taking my first little toe dips back into the world, and uh, mm -hmm. I, and I'm glad of it. You know, I mean, I'm opening a new gallery uh, this Sunday. Uh, we're going to socially distance people. We're going to let them in, you know, 10 to 15 at a time so and, and keep them far apart and masks mm -hmm. required, but uh, it is time for us culturally to re-enter the world. We... we we need this. This is uh, this is nourishment for your humanity. Yeah. When everybody's ready and vaccinated to enter the world. I agree. But some could say that you guys have already been culturally participating with the Max and Tony show. Yeah, you some could say that. You've already you've been on your cultural participation. And that that kind of leads me in because I want to know how long, uh, how many seasons? Do you guys do your show in terms of seasons? How long have you guys been doing the show? We've done 90, right? We've done 90 seasons, yes. No, uh, we're, on, we're on episode 90. Uh, no, you know what? That's such a I feel like when we got into that, the season thing wasn't totally in place. Like like the podcast was still going on, like just 
oh, it's episode this, and you're getting to your highest episode or whatever. And I feel like the seasons are kind of kind of new. I think if we were to like think about it, and we could probably divide them up into seasons or what have you, I really wish we would have done that because then we don't have to take these breaks and be like, yeah, we're on break. You know, we can say, like, oh, you know, we're just getting ready for the next season, which technically we are, right? I mean, like, we're, yeah, not, we're constantly thinking about stuff. Um, we're we're going to record a couple next week. Um, right. You know, when we first started doing it, we were recording weekly. one or two a week. And, um, and then with the pandemic, I mean, there was just such a, a trepidation about, you know, getting a bunch of people together in a room. And, right. you know, I didn't, you know, I had to close down uh, my gallery, my studio, Right. Because I, you know, I would not be able to live with myself if somebody got sick uh, on yeah. my watch. But uh, it was, you know, it was a a, a season of of darkness. Right. Yeah. And we we squeezed in a day where we would record like four episodes. Yeah. You know, and it's you know that's a little crazy for your brain. It's a little taxing. Also, you know, it's just you know, you're releasing these four episodes over the week. There might be something current within them and you're releasing it like four weeks later it's like what like why are we making like a, a reference of like you know prince philip and it's like it, it's yeah. august right now right like you know it doesn't make sense but no, I, can't, um, I can't understand all the boo-hoo about prince philip he was like 99 the guy was <laughs> I wasn't opening this. To no, no, the guy was ten. <laughs> the guy was ten days older than dirt for Christ's sake. It's like you know, take back time. You know, right, right. No, I, I mean, but, but it was, it was hard to kind of carry that, that, like the way we were doing it. So Any kind of huge, currency, we yeah. Took a huge right. yeah. Keeping and, um, it evergreen for sure. Well, also, yeah. also, we found out that um, the last few before we took the hiatus. Uh, there was a lot of anger that had welled up inside of both of us, and right, yeah, and uh, it, it, it got kind of contentious and ferocious. And we, you know, I mean, in our podcast, we always fuck with each other. You know, I mean, that's just right. the way it is. Yeah. but um, there was some kind of genuine uh, anger, and I thought, you know, this is not how I want to interact. Uh, with my son in public, and I had I was ashamed of myself because I was like losing my shit. Yeah, yeah. I was being I mean, a six. I was being a sixty-two yeah. year old fucking white guy. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'll ask you this because you know I, I hear you on uh, feeling getting emotional when you get into a real run of shows, and and that sounds like something you all are are really familiar with, which leads me to my next question, which is I'm a stand-up comic, right? And in the world of stand-up, there's this idea of being a comics comic, you know the person who loves to perform, who loves, people love performing with them. They're always at the hangs, watching the shows. They got jokes that really only comics get. Uh, and so listen to y'all talk now, listen and think about your show. I'm wondering, would you consider yourselves like podcasters, podcasters, you know, like do you consume as much as you create? And if you do, uh, what's your listening experiences like as folks who are so deep off into making your own work? You know, I'll find myself listening to like, a little of everything really man yeah. i like my sister will send me some like like really like uh the theory of everything and uh, and like yeah. and i'll just i'll be getting caught up into this story about like 
oh, I don't know, like like somebody's mistaken identity or something. Or then my girlfriend will introduce me to like a murder podcast and I'll be listening. Mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. I love stories. I love narratives. Absolutely. If you can yeah. get me in the room and somebody's telling a hilarious story, I'm hooked, man. It doesn't really, yeah. you know, it, who the person is matters a little bit. Like, you know, is it Alex Jones? I'm going to tune out, right? And like, <laughs> you know, like... You know, I think I think we get caught up in these voices of like, I don't really like him. He's a little too. He's a little too this. He's a little you know too what? That. And I, I agree with that to a degree. You know, I can't listen to like people that I know are conservative and they're spouting something, even if it's some stuff I agree with. I'm not comfortable with it. But at the same time, I I'm looking out for that story. But we kind of get back to the podcasters podcaster thing. Our idea was he's in a background of radio for a long time and um, for years I got to hear these stories he kind of retired when I was very little so it was like Mm -hmm. he was ending that career as I was growing up and um, I think uh, hearing all those stories and hearing all these things like oh he was so hilarious on the radio actually at Whitney Young the the high school we were at um, a teacher figured me out as his kid and was like like hounding me about this movie review he did about the movie, the football movie, Rudy. Yeah, we hate it. Yeah. Hate it. They hate Rudy it. Rudy's a she fucking. Wanted, wanted to, he, she wanted to get back to me and be like, tell him that was the most. And I thought she was going to say something like offensive. And she goes, hilarious. Review that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah, it's every sports cliche. They were doing like that. that. But with that said, um, it was like these stories that I'd hear all my life about his, you know, his radio career and all that. And then me wanting to kind of get into the podcast thing that was booming. And I just kind of asked him, I said, would you ever want to do a podcast, man? Would you, like, is that something you'd be into? Absolutely. Yeah, he says that now. At first, it wasn't like, yeah, yeah. He wasn't with it. Okay. You know, I don't know. I was was skeptical. I didn't really have a lot of experience with podcasts. Right, yeah. I mean, I've listened to Serial. I've listened to um, Criminal. Um, uh, I've listened to the stories that uh, I I did a story for This American Life with Alex Kabowitz. And I thought, this is the kind of thing that should be on podcasts. I think people should be able to uh, find like-minded communities mm-hmm. for what they're listening to. You know, um, I now listen to some art podcasts. I, I, uh, and mostly I, I just listen to the stuff uh, Max and, and Gabby sent me. And again, you know, it's like, when you're my age, uh, you know, 62-year-old white guys tend to like what they know a little too much. And it right. hardens it hardens it. Wait, for real? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Believe <laughs> it, it or not, Cody, it's the truth. It hardens, uh, it hardens into dogma. And yeah. everyone who's ever worked for me since I've had a studio has been roughly about, you know, half my age. And yeah. uh, it's kept me... I, I think at least a little bit intellectually fluid. And, you know, last year after the title changes in culture, after George Floyd's murder, 
I promised myself it's time to shut up and listen. Yeah. We need yeah. To, we need to have a reckoning. And, and, and you know what? Be for real. What thirsty white ally didn't? You know, motherfuckers were sewing their mouths shut. It's kind of yeah <laughs> to, to to prove you had the stripes. Um, but it sounds. I mean, what were you gonna say, Cody? That's uh, that's a healthy decision. You know. Yeah. Just H- shut decision. it down. Yeah, when, when, when my daughter tells me abolish the police, now I believe her. Now I think you know what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, I mean, when when all this first happened, I said, "Well, you got to have some semblance of social order." It, it, it's a thing. It's a thing. White guys have been pushing into the culture for four hundred years, and now when my daughter says abolish the police, it's like I'm kind of all in. You know, it's because yeah. uh, whatever's happening isn't isn't working anymore. No. And I don't think I agree. Did, you know, I, I mean, uh, I think we have so much to apologize for. I, I'm a bird watcher. I have a very dear friend, a, a guy named Dr. Drew, J. Drew Lanham. He teaches at Clemson, and uh, he's black. And when he walks out into fields watching birds and stuff, every once in a while, assholes with shotguns will roll up on him. What are you doing here? And you know what? And all the time I've been bird watching, I've never had to worry about that. You know, I, I, I think we have to have a conversation about skin privilege, about, uh, you know, how, you know, in, in what America, we woke up on third base and thought we hit a fucking triple. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So, like, that was a bunt, bitch. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, think, I think that's the most important conversation. Now, see, You've got, you've got, Tony, all these accomplishments, which, you know, as us, it's, which is reassuring for us young bucks to see someone who's been chipping away at it, doing it and, you know, has done it. I, I have a question about that is like you, I looked you up on your website, you know, you had, I saw that you, prior to making a living as an artist, you were a radio host, a, a bartender, a boxer, construction worker, and, and you've been a film and stage actor, you know, throughout, like as a lifelong sort of multi-hyphenate, how long were you doing that scrappy hustle before you were able to just like take on art full time? You, you know, Rachel, I was really fortunate in that I found uh, an audience at a really young age, um, mm-hmm. a, a film director, a lovely human being, a man named Jonathan Demi started buying my work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did the album cover for the soundtrack of the film, Something Wild. Mm. And when I delivered it, he said, you know what? He goes, uh, the camera fucking loves you. You can be a good film presence. And I kind of laughed. And um, and uh, a couple of years later, I, I'd written... I wanted to be a playwright when I was 19 years old, and I realized I had nothing to say yet. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to say. When I turned 30, I wrote part of a play called Mass Murder. It was about the man who went into the McDonald's in San Isidro, California, and he killed 24 people. And I, I wrote this play about it, and it was as much about class as it was about race. It was about have and have not. And... Um, they kept reading these kids who had trained at, you know, DePaul and Northwestern and stuff like that. 
And they're all kind of, you know, upper class kids. And I kept shaking my head and I said, they don't understand have and have not. They don't understand that, you know, our huge problem is race, but right behind it, you know, right behind it is class. You know, look at who's profiting. And um, mm -hmm. so finally the director said, look, you know, I'm sick of your shit. You kind of look like this guy. You're going bald. Uh -huh. You're a pissed off white guy. Uh, you do this. And I wound up <laughs> uh, doing it. And I won a Jeff Ward. And often I'm confronted with that question. Are you an actor who makes art? Or are you an artist who, uh, who acts? And I always say the same thing. It's all part of the same body of work. And, uh, and honestly, I feel like uh, it's still all in front of me. Some days I go to the studio. Some days I go to a film set. Some days I stay home and I write poetry. You know, and, um, It's all part of having a creative life. And, and I'm profoundly grateful for it. Uh, I mean, that sounds... That that sounds like a really rich artistic existence, especially to someone like me, uh, a, a person who feels like I just am a word mercenary. I really just sell my artistic abilities when necessary, you know. But it also makes me think, Max. You know, we went to high school together, right? Right, and I had no idea that you came from such an artistic family that your dad was this tour de force of an artist uh, with such a, a, a rich, a rich background, you know? And, and, and so I suppose my, uh, I'm wondering like, were you involved in a lot of this as a kid? Were you a, were you a gallery brat? And like, how has your dad's work influenced your growth as a creative now? I guess the reason people don't know this is that, like, I'm not very talkative of it. You know, I, I, I think, um, you know, I'm like one of those people who likes to be discovered, I guess, you know, layer by layer. And as far as gallery shows, yeah, those were those were like a um, those were like an every weekend thing, you know, and it's just like, you know, you're this charming kid and you don't know why. But you're it's because your dad is having a show of his work. It's just it's interesting. Um uh, but yeah, I mean, how it's influenced my work, it's my mentality, it's my mind state, really. Uh, you know, I, I don't uh, understand uh, the idea of, um, you know, people saying like, well, you need to have a safety or you, that was never, that's not even right. in my vocabulary. You go all in. You, know, um, you go all in. It is all in. So Scared money um, never wins. You know, so I always, you know, but with that said, I always respect the people who don't come from that. And I actually respect them way more. Um, you know, I, I think what I try to fight always is, uh, you know, I'm not the only kid to come from Chicago who had a successful dad. You know, there's, you know, a son, right. of, you know, a lot of people who have success in various industries and what have you. And I just want to be a guy who, you know, had, got a lot from him and I want to give it back. You know, it, it kind of touches me that you're wondering about your your cultural grounding right now. Because what you guys are all doing right now, this is culture. These are conversations worth having. These are conversations worth putting out into the world. And I'm very happy you're doing it, believe me. 
Don't regret anything about what hasn't occurred yet. It's all in front of you, man. You know, I mean, thanks. Yeah. Honest to God, you guys are doing the necessary work that a culture does. You're asking big questions. You're asking the difficult questions. And that's where it starts. That's reassuring to hear because I feel like, especially in the pandemic, you know, you, I'm like, who am I making this for? I guess me. You know what I mean? Who's consuming this? It kind of felt like that too. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like nobody's hearing this. We're just a couple of goofs in a room yelling at each other. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> Right. But it's, you know, when you can't get up on a stage or, you know, it's harder to get people together to, hey, shoot my thing, you know, it's, it's, it's your outlet. So. Yeah. And I, I just want to say like my heart goes out to you stand up folks because there really is, you know, I did improv um, and still a willing improv guy, but like I I don't do it uh, regularly, but when I do it, it's a fucking fantastic feeling, and I can only imagine like what it's like to be a stand-up comedian that actually like is funny uh, and actually feeds <laughs> off the energy of the crowd. This podcast, Rachel, I think it's fair to say, is born largely out of uh, the the ruins of a live show. We're gonna do back-to-back half hours in Chicago um, before the pandemic hit, and I don't know about you, Rachel, but I think in terms of performing live on stage, I think the first many months of the pandemic, I felt like maybe I was going through some dopamine checkery withdrawal, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and now I'm so far from it that I'm almost nervous about falling off the wagon and coming back on stage, you know? It's hard because the there is a culture of, you know, it's it's not just getting up on stage. It's, hey, yo, can I get on your show? Hey, can right, I do this? Right, and right. and when your art form is, when you're questioning the essentialness of your art form in general in that moment, because it, there is a, it's hard to get a consensus on what's essential right now and, and bringing, and, and our form really asks for people in a room. It can be hard to get back in that hustle mind state, at least for me. Right. I, I, have to do, I have to do a performance uh, in conjunction with my final museum show. And uh, I haven't performed since before my heart surgery in, uh, at the end of 2014 and mm. on a live stage. So I'm going to need a, a great deal of rehearsal and all of that. But... Uh, I will tell you, I mean, uh, with some trepidation, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly terrified of the whole idea, but I think it's necessary. I think uh, uh, when, when we're true to ourselves and our work, um, we, we need to share it, and we need, we need to see faces out there, whether they're liking what we do or not. You know, um, the important thing is to turn it over and, and give it up. Look, I, I gotta I gotta ask you guys before we get out of here because we ask everybody two questions that that I'm really excited to hear the answers to, which is what is the pie in the sky checkery? What does that look like for the Tony and Max show? Uh, whether it's inside or out in front of an audience or not, what does a pie in the sky checkery look like for the Tony and Max show? And presently, uh, upcoming, what do you want folks checking from you all next? 
the pie in the sky uh, category is obviously the Max and Tony uh, the movie. <laughs> no, there's no substitute. It's the highest. No, no. I, but realistically, I think like getting, you know, a sponsorship of some sort, and maybe you know, getting monetization out of the like podcast. That'd be that'd be that'd be, I guess, ideal. Uh, so, and which could lead us to actually, real realistically, could lead us to things like doing a movie together or something like that. Yeah. Not the Max and Tony show. Right, right, right. Uh, but, you know, um, like something we wrote or something that'd be cool. Yeah. I think, I, I think, uh, I think what we have that's that's unique is it's a problem of something that's not buried in a lot of piety and stupidity and or you know, cliche. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talk to each other like two not. guys talking to each other and both trying to figure yeah. out the fucking world around them. Right. I mean, that, that's you know, I mean, uh, the pandemic turned. Most of the people we know in the fucking Martians, you right, know I mean? including so, us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't like what the pandemic did to me. I don't, I, I don't think it's been good for my mental health. Um, uh, I, I think that uh, I all of a sudden was harboring, uh, I mean, really white hot hatred uh, for Trumpism and a, a, everything that he brought into this fucking country and. Uh, I'm really trying to lay that down and lay that down. And part of the thing way we've been able to work with that is me and Max having conversations uh, in the Max and Tony show. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, we, you know, we freely admit that over the last year there are things we don't like about ourselves, and we're, we're trying yeah. to shed them. And it's a it's a process. Uh, I'm I'm working on it. Aren't we all? Yeah. And I would say. You know, we're almost at that episode 100. We want to do something kind of special for it. So just look out for that. That's really what we got so far. Right. I mean, in terms of what to check out for the show. We'll take it. We'll take it. Well, this has been an actual joy. We've had Tony and Max Fitzpatrick in the virtual studio. As per usual, I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. This has been another fantastic wrap. We appreciate y'all and we are gone. Check it for me, check it for me.